Hey guys, on today's episode, we're going to talk about how to scale your business. Arguably, probably one of the hardest things to do in business. And we could say that starting a business is really hard, but scaling your business to that next level or making it work without you is the hardest thing. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about three things that you need to have implemented to help you scale your business so that you can grow your business without working more hours. This is The Marketing Natives providing actionable ways to grow, improve, and succeed in your business. And now, your hosts, Christian and Aaron. Audience and messaging. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first thing. Let's move on to the second thing. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the first thing is that you need to you need to know your audience. You need to know um, specifically who you're talking to and how to talk to them. Um, I mean, it, it goes beyond just um, demographics, right? So, um, you know, where are they from, where what they work, all those kind of things, age, income, um, but also what you call psychographics, mm -hmm. which is just kind of getting to know them and how they think. Yeah, so it's like their identities. For example, like you as Christian, your identity could be, your identities could be like, um, I'm a Puerto Rican volleyball player. Yeah, um, uh, so, professional runner, um, Pokemon card collector, something like that. Okay. We probably want to go a little bit more deeper than that, but like, mm. it could be your identity is family. So because you have a identity of family, we know to talk to you differently than somebody who doesn't have a family, or that you're from Puerto Rico and you're probably very proud about being Puerto Rican. That's an identity. Mm -hmm. That's something that's psychographic. So we can relate to you and be like, hey. You know, for everybody who grew up in the Caribbean, you know this lifestyle. Well, that's completely different than somebody who's like, oh, yeah, like I'm a 30 to 50-year-old male who lives in Allen or Plano, Texas. Like you fall into that demographic, but the psychographic is what really your identities are. Mm -hmm. So Which is that based off of like my actions are based off of my identity, right? Yes, exactly. So you're going to do things differently. Like you may go uh, get groceries at the grocery store without using an app because you're like, oh, I don't care about convenience as much and I want to save a little bit of money versus, oh, I have to use the app because my time is very valuable and I want to spend that doing something else. Maybe it's spending time with my family. Who knows? But you make decisions based off of those identities. And we can't assume or put people into a box, especially if we're like, oh, people will say, I want men and women 30 to 50 years old. And it's like, that's such a wide range of people that it's so hard to speak to them because you, you don't know who they are. There's mm -hmm. no Jane. There's just everybody. Or Yeah, even worse than that. Yeah, we've had people come to us and we ask them, what's your audience? And they're like, everyone. Yeah, everybody. And Yeah, everybody. Yeah, if they want to buy a home, it's like, wait, so not everybody wants to buy a home or not everybody is able to buy a home. Mm -hmm. So you want to talk to everybody? It's like... What about people who don't want to buy a home for 12 months or people who want to buy a home next month? Are those different? So I think that that's important is figuring out the audience because then you don't, then you can't create a message anyway. For example, like if I knew that you cared about convenience, then I could tell you, hey, save time by ordering off of our cool new app that will go to every grocery store for you and you only pay 5% more and you're like, wow, like that's a great offer versus I, hey, 
um, Christian, I want you to, you know, go to the grocery store and you're going to have this cool place for your kids to play, which is actually true now. There's like a Kroger inside of Kroger. There's a place for like kids to like hang out and play while the parents go and shop. Mm-hmm. You may say, Hey, that's convenient. But you're like, no, I don't want to go to the grocery store because I don't have kids and that doesn't help me. So I don't need to do that. I want to just order it from my phone and from my app and I'd rather do it in between meetings. So it's like, those that messaging, I can't get the right message to you because I'm just basing it off of your age right. or the fact that you're a guy. Um, and then within here, audience and the messaging, you also have once you figure your your audience or your customer avatar, then you can figure out things like CPL, CPA, LV, LTV. Right. Um, and I guess why do you think those are important? So, yeah, so let's clarify those acronyms because they may just be kind of confusing or jargon for people. It's like cost per lead. If you know that I can acquire Christian's information for $5, that's good. Cost per acquisition, it takes Christian, it takes five Christians to make a, you know, a customer. So it costs me $25. So these are strictly for advertising purposes. Yeah, well, it's also... Not necessarily... It's not necessarily just for... Um, your business it's to be able to scale like yeah sure for marketing um you don't have to do it for advertising but you should know that it costs me thirty dollars to get a client for example if you only did networking you know that you pay three or four hundred dollars per year so you got that cost but then you also spend 10 hours a week and you know that you charge this much so you're like okay great it took me 10 meetings to get somebody I paid $300 a year to get my membership at the chamber or whatever. And then I spent another $700 of my time to try to get this customer. Now it's costing me, you know, to acquire this customer, it cost me eight or $1,000 to acquire the customer. So it could be for advertising, but you should also know it for how much time you're spending outside of just doing, like getting that customer too. Like, are you meeting with people and how long you're meeting with them for so that you can kind of put a number to being able to scale. So you Mm -hmm. should know this outside of advertising too. Gotcha. And then the last thing is lifetime value. So if I spend a thousand dollars, 700 was time and 300 was paying for a membership, but my clients are only worth like lifetime. They only ever spend $10 with me. Then it doesn't really make sense for me to go and be networking because my my time is not scalable at that point. So what do I need to do to figure out what will work? Or if the lifetime value of a customer to me is worth $20,000, I think that most people would say I'd, I'd spend $1,000 to make $20,000 all day, but how do I continue to repeat that? And you don't know what that is until you figure out these baseline numbers, which is you know the important part, which is why this is step one. You got to figure this out. It's going to take time and it's going to take money to make it to make those work but they are the first step into succeeding for like the scalable part of your business. So going back, do you think these three steps are geared towards in a social media or online marketing advertising campaign? They, this is the way that we're saying that we're scaling, right? Yeah. To, I think to scale, you have to do some kind of advertising. Okay. Yeah. Cause there, I mean, you could scale by hiring more people, but what we said in the very beginning is without working more hours. So how can we put a system in place without working more hours to help you scale that business? And advertising has been around forever. It could be television. It could be radio. It doesn't matter. So this works for anything out there. It doesn't have to be social media, which I think you alluded to a little bit. So it could be social media, but as long as you have the right system in place, you could do it for whatever. I mean, probably not a a billboard. I don't know if that's really you know, 
maybe that's possible, but it's kind of hard to measure. But digital is a little bit easier mm-hmm. to, uh, to track. So was that clear? Yeah. Cool. All right, number two, content creation and automation. And automation just sounds cool because, I don't know, to me that's like a buzzword, at least that's cool for me. But uh, the probably the hardest part for people is that content creation making things like doing things like a podcast or doing things like video or getting yourself out there, any type of content creation. It could be a blog post, could be a podcast, could be a video. Um, you have to put yourself out there, especially on social if we're talking about, about using social media. But, I mean, even if you did something outside of social media, you have to create the content. Otherwise, people can't find you. So I think that's just the number one thing is – creating the content and then automating that, which we're in the process now of like, you know, candidly figuring out how we can create content and then distribute it and automate that part of the process. So, yeah. I mean, when you think about automation, if we're creating a video, um, something that you could potentially automate is the editing. It's the creating the captions. It's, um, creating thumbnails for the videos. Um, the actual scheduling process, um, all those things, even engaging with their audience, right? You could have virtual assistants or um, other staff that are just, their task is just to engage and comment and try to get people to um, watch your videos or consume your, your content and engage. Um, and I think something that's important is that it's not about how much content you create, but um, how effective it is as far as engagement. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not about you posting seven times a week. A lot of business owners, I think, ask that question. It's like, oh, how often should I post? Yes. Well, however often you're comfortable with right now, you can handle mm-hmm. um, and whatever your audience is resonating with. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have 10,000 people on your Facebook page and you never post anything and out of the blue, you're posting seven times a week, they might be overwhelmed about yes. the fact that where did this person came out of nowhere and started posting seven times a week? Um, so it's just whatever you're comfortable with and whatever makes sense for, for your business and your audience, whatever your audience is used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we would always say crawl, walk, run. So start small, you know, and, and build your way up to um, something bigger. Um, and then use automation to just fuel that expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's also, I guess for that content side, it's, yeah, it, you're better off creating less content that's more effective than a bunch of content. And we've went down this rabbit hole before, a bunch of content that's not as effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your audience is engaging like crazy, if you're num- like, and you, you may ask, what's good engagement? I would say anything that's above 10% for depending on the platform. If it's super saturated like Facebook or Instagram, then above 10% is really good. So if you have 1,000 followers and you get 200 people who like a post, that's really good. And so that would give you a good indication like, hey, I should probably create more things like this. But if you have a 1,000 followers and you get five people to like it, there's probably something or disconnect or something there. So you may want to stop posting content like that. Um, but if they're engaging like crazy, then you may need to figure out a strategy to to make more content happen because they're looking for it. Um, but the automation part of it is not only, I guess, the content part of the automating, but also like how your customers come to you. So specifically, since we're talking about service-based businesses, if you can talk to everybody, that's great, but we don't want to talk to everybody. Remember the messaging, remember the audience. We want to talk to the right people, but now we should qualify them. So there should be ways or hoops or something that you should have people go through 
to to talk to you because your time is valuable. So for you to scale and something that we're doing ourselves is like um, you have to schedule a time on our calendar, but then you should apply because we want to see all, you know, we want to know about your business before we just sit down and waste 30 or 45 minutes talking to you. And then we're like, oh yeah, it's like, you know, you make a hundred dollars a month. It's not, we're more than a hundred dollars per month. We don't want to waste your time. And then you just wasted all that time talking to them and everything. So you want to figure out some way to automate that process and qualify people before you ever sit down with them. So whether you're a termite inspection company or whether you're a, a professional service like a lawyer or anything like that, you want to make sure that they're a qualified customer and that will help you um, automate that part of the process is to eliminate people who are not the best people for you to be talking to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think something that uh, also business owners get wrong with automation is um, spreading their message through the same the same message through all platforms, mm-hmm. um, just carpet bombing everything at the same yes. time with the same the same thing. When you have to pay attention and go back to number one, which is the right audience, the right messaging, right? Mm-hmm. So each platform does have different audiences um, to some extent, right? Yeah. Um, and it's also a, a, a different. Could be the same message, but it be, could could be tweaked differently um, or done differently, right? So. Um, on Facebook, you might have a very highly successful live stream where, mm-hmm. you know, you're communicating to your audience. Um, but then you try to do a live stream on Instagram stories and your audience is just not there, right? you know, engaging you, with you throughout the whole live video. Um, so that's something to also take into consideration when you think about content strategy and automating. Um, a lot of business owners want to do that. They want to just do it everywhere at the same time the same message, the same content, mm-hmm. um, when that's not the right strategy. Right. And it's better for you to start, like we said, crawl, walk, run, focus on one platform, and then then you can expand. Because when you think you have to be everywhere, that's when you start to run into a lot of problems. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we started out, and I think we were just only on Facebook, and we did some on Instagram, and then slowly expanded mm-hmm. to other things. But, yeah, it's a lot. It's hard. I mean, that's yeah. a full-time job. There's a reason that social media managers are a position that people need in a company. It's because, like, yeah, that's a 40-hour-a-week job for you to be able to post that much. So if you have a dedicated person, probably possible. If it's you, the business owner, maybe two other people who are not social media managers, probably going to be harder. So... Hey, so we're going to take a pause real quick here, and I'm going to tell you about the Leads Accelerator System. Uh, for your business. Everything that we're talking about here um, in this podcast is part of our Leads Accelerator program, Leads Accelerator program, um, where we take you a business owner that is struggling to get leads online and we just give you a full working, well-oiled, automated system where <laughs> we just take care of everything for you, right? We, we, we walk you through all the steps that you need to do in order to be successful online and how to generate the right leads, talking to the right audience, having the right messaging. Um, we talk about content creation, automation, and lastly, we have a lot of numbers and analytics and reports um, where you can see where you were at and where we're going and what we have been able to do for you. Um, if you're interested in applying for this lead accelerator program, um, you can schedule a free strategy session all you have to do is go to apply.bidbranding.co all right we're back and the last step here for your service-based businesses to succeed and scale your business 
is knowing your numbers. This is not earth shattering, so I don't want to make it seem like it is, but um, we talked to a lot of business, even very successful business. I was talking to one very recently where he was a seven figure business, but he hadn't done his P and L he hasn't done his numbers in two or three months. He doesn't know what's going on in 2020. Um, so we're recording this in March of 2020 and he didn't know. He's like, well, yeah, we made X thousands of dollars per month. And, but I don't know much else other than that. So I was like, okay. So we do, you do need to know your numbers because you don't know how much you can spend. Cause if he's a seven figure business, he should be able to afford a certain level of product or a certain level of service, but mm. he doesn't know how much money he has because he hasn't been looking at his numbers. So that's, that's it really um, for that part of it is like, no matter how big or how small you are, the, the more, you know, your numbers, the more successful you're going to be in your business because your numbers are going to predicate or drive the decisions you're going to make in the business. So if you don't know if you can make rent this month, you probably shouldn't go out and buy, you know, new equipment, or you probably shouldn't go out and buy a new uh, car or something like that for the company if you're like oh wait uh i didn't see that we're about to spend you know this x amount of money per month and we don't know how much it costs to get a new client or we don't know how much it, how long clients stay around um it's going to be hard for you to to scale your business past that certain level so knowing your numbers each month is is crucial yeah absolutely i think a lot of business owners us included um relied on just looking at that checking account, right? Uh-huh. And just seeing like, oh, we have X amount of money there. Okay, we're doing good. Oh, yeah. it's actually going moving down. Um, that's bad. Um, right. But it goes beyond that. And actually, the system in a book that we highly recommend is Profit First. Yep. Um, this is an accounting system that helps entrepreneurs and business owners and service-based businesses um, scale, really, mm-hmm. um, by being able to control you know, your numbers and see where you're going. Um, and it kind of uses that mentality of looking at your bank account, mm-hmm. right? Because profit first is just you distributing your money within different bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of at, at a visual, you're doing the same thing, um, just maybe a little bit better organized. Right, right? it's allocated correctly mm-hmm. versus like I have this much money in the bank and I know I'm spending this much, so that means like I'm good. Mm-hmm. I remember we talked to a business owner once and he was like, sometimes I write myself a check for 7,000 and sometimes I write myself a check for 2,000. I'm like, that's a big discrepancy there. Like, where's yeah. the consistency? I was like, oh, it just depends on how the month of the business does. I'm like, oh, that's like, I don't know. I think that's, it becomes more stressful for you as a business owner yeah. because you don't know what you're going to, you can't prepare for something each month. Uh, so using that profit first is important. But really, Knowing your numbers about your cost per lead, your cost per acquisition, your cost per um, lifetime customer that we talked about previously and looking at those, whether it's weekly or monthly. I mean, even if you do it daily, that's even a good option too. But just, okay, how much is it costing me to get these leads? So you know that, hey, if I get them for more than $5, it's not profitable. And you go a whole week without being profitable that starts to really affect you and you have to make decisions really quickly. So mm-hmm. it's almost better for you to look monthly eventually, but um, knowing your numbers is absolutely crucial. All right, so uh, if you guys loved this episode, please make sure you hit that subscribe button, especially if you're new. If you are thinking, okay, dang, I am a service-based business, I have inconsistent low-quality leads coming in, and I want a steady stream of high-quality leads coming in, you should apply for the Leads Accelerator. As Christian mentioned, it's apply.bitbraining.co. You'll be able to schedule a free strategy session. We'll find out if it's a good fit for you guys, but really help you answer those questions about how to scale your business so that you can 
work less or the same amount and scale your business to the next level and be like one of the few top percentage business owners around. And if uh, you guys found a lot of value in this, uh, please, again, make sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss out on any episode, whatever platform you're listening on. And if you've been listening for a while, please make sure to leave an honest rating and review. This really helps us figure out how to continue to make the content better for you and help us grow and scale the podcast. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. The Marketing Natives Podcast is a production of Bit Branding.